Hi, filmmakers. Jason Brubaker with Filmmaking Stuff, where we show you how to make, market, and sell your movie without the middleman. I'm talking to you from sunny Southern California, and I'd like to welcome you to the show. For those of you just getting to know me, I've spent the greater part of my career working in film distribution. So a lot of what I talk about is always taking it from the perspective of, okay, what's the end goal? What's the end scenario for success for this particular film? And how do we work backwards to create a roadmap to get you from point A to point B? To kind of help out you as a filmmaker, I've set up coaching where I actually, uh, you know, you can hire me for one half hour block of time. Uh, for those of you interested, go to filmmakingstuff.com forward slash coaching. But I do these coaching sessions with you um, so that we take wherever you're at in the process and I give you some some of you know what I hope is useful advice based on my experience and what I'm seeing in the marketplace. And then you put that into your overall plan and move forward you know, with a little bit more direction than you might have had otherwise. So I get a lot of these different coaching sessions and coaching clients. And one of the trends that I've, that I've seen recently, and I'm not sure quite why this is happening, but I'll start talking about different promotional opportunities and distribution opportunities and how to source your audience and all these kinds of different things. And the filmmaker will stop me and say, okay, well, that's great if I have to self-distribute my film, but what do I do if I want to get a, a traditional distribution deal? And I have to stop, right? I have to stop right now and tell you that the world has changed. We're no longer in the DVD era. Whatever you think is traditional distribution doesn't exist. It's a lot of smoke and mirrors. So in the old days, a distributor would make a deal with Blockbuster Video to sell 5,000 DVDs. So they knew that they were going to sell 5,000 DVDs. Like that was a fixed um, source of revenue that they could kind of bet against. And they could come to the filmmaker and say, yeah, we'll pick up your movie. Here's 10 grand. And, and they knew that they could do that because they already had an order for 5,000 DVDs. These days, if a traditional distributor picks up your film, the way that they approach you is they say, hey, we have direct deals with all the video on demand outlets. So don't worry. We have direct deals. We could probably get you special placement. And you're like, oh my gosh, that's great. They have direct deals, whatever that means. Um, but, and, and then the other thing is they'll say, okay, and it's really, really expensive and hard to get your film on the iTunes. I'm just using that as an example because there's ingestion, encoding, quality control, delivery, and accounting that goes with the whole process. And they're like, and they, and they really emphasize this stuff. And they say it's super expensive, but guess what? If you give us your movie for five to seven years, we're going to cover those expenses for you. Whenever a distributor covers your expenses, what they're essentially doing is giving you a loan, right? So the first monies that your film makes actually goes back to the distributor to recoup those expenses. And then the next money that's made, actually, you know, 10, 15, 25, 30% of that money goes to the distributor forever because you signed a distribution deal for like five to seven years. So when I mean forever, I mean five to seven years. But the, the big question is, how are they going to guarantee that you'll sell 5,000 units? through video on demand. You see, it's not the same thing anymore. Back in the day with the video stores, they could place an order for physical goods and you knew how many units you were going to sell. These days, you put it onto the digital platforms once and you have no idea what's going to sell. So the distributors, what they try to do to make you feel better about this, especially for smart filmmakers, is they say, oh yeah, we have a marketing plan. 
we're going to email blast everybody on our list. And you're like, great, how many people are on your list? And they're like, 50,000 people. Awesome. But then when you come to find out, if you're asking the right questions, you should be asking, who's on your list? Is it segmented? My film's a romantic comedy and everybody on your list is a horror enthusiast. That's not going to work. So those 50,000 emails are meaningless. Or, and this is the funny one, or everybody they email happens to be other filmmakers. Other filmmakers are not your target audience at all. Please don't try to appeal to other filmmakers. Try to appeal to the people that actually might like your movie. But anyway, distributors will oftentimes use that as a tactic to make you feel great about the decision to do business with them. And then the final one that really gets me is this whole idea of theatrical distribution. You'll get these distributors these days that'll come to you and say, well, uh, we're not going to pay any money up front, but we're going to cover all those really expensive costs for encoding and delivery. Um, and by the way, we're going to give you a theatrical release. And suddenly you're so excited. You're like, oh my gosh, my dream come true. I'm going to be in at least two major cities for a week or two at a time. And you're like, wow, this is great. Okay, and I know that feels great emotionally. But at the end of the day, what's happening here is a distributor is leveraging the idea of a theatrical release to make you feel good about doing business with them. And, and you think that's somehow going to benefit you, but who it really benefits, of course, is the distributor. Because once you have a film that is quote-unquote theatrically released, then you can go around and say, oh yeah, this film was released theatrically. And when you're having conversations with other distribution outlets, that can raise the value of your film just by saying that it was theatrically released. You know, one example of this is if you leverage it the right way, in the cable video on demand platform, for example, you could get in a box that's called still in theaters. Like you, you could get into that folder if it was in fact still in theaters, even if it isn't in that many theaters, <laughs> if that makes sense. So there's, so there's all these little things that traditional distributors do right now in trying to survive an ever volatile digital marketplace. And the other thing that you got to look out for is a lot of these distributors are not equipped to actually take your film out the way that you could on your own. And, and here's what I mean by that. Take everything that I just said and set that aside for a second. Let's say that you're a distribution company, like a, you know, you're not a major studio. You're just a typical traditional distribution company. You probably got about 15 employees or less. And you're probably looking to pick up, let's say you're trying to pick up 20 films a month. Right, so your film is film number twenty out of twenty that they picked up this month. So first of all, how much love are they actually going to be able to give you when you're competing with nineteen other films? But that's not even the funny part. Even if they launch your movie the right way and they do some publicity and they do that theatrical thing that I just talked about, what happens month number two or month number three when now there's eighty nine other films that they picked up and you're somewhere in the pile? Now, a good distributor is going to go the distance and pitch your film to all the appropriate outlets, but sooner or later, they're going to have to focus on new acquisitions. And what does that mean for your film, not even after the third month, but what about after the third year, or the fourth year, or the fifth year? How much love is your film actually getting? So the irony is, in order to keep the momentum strong with your film, you're going to have to do some promotion on your own anyway. You're going to have to. 
And here's the thing. If you sign a big distribution deal for five to seven years, giving up anywhere from 10 to 30% of your film, well, guess what? All that promotion that you're going to have to do on your end, it's not all going to benefit you. You're going to help other people make money. And, and along the lines, all they really did was they got you into digital marketplaces that with a little bit of ingenuity, you can access on your own. You know, I, I don't want to, what I want to do is I want to encourage you to make films, but I want you to think about your filmmaking, not as an independent artist, but I want you to think about yourself as an independent entrepreneur or an entrepreneurial filmmaker. And every project that you do, I want you to think about your project holistically. Think of yourself as a mini movie studio. And your goal is to produce content in your studio so that you can take it the whole way from script to screen without cutting in some other middleman that's not really going to give you the value. Now, are there exceptions to what I'm saying? Absolutely there are. I've worked with other distributors that are doing the right thing. And these other distributors will actually tell you what they're going to do for you and how they're going to create value beyond what you could do on your own. Um, I'll save some of that stuff for another time, but I just wanted to give you a few tactics here so you, you can avoid common pitfalls and get that idea of traditional distribution out of your mind um, because it just doesn't exist the way that it used to. And by the way, if you want to do a theatrical release for your own film, uh, check out my friends at Tug. Um, go to Tug, T-U-G-G.com, T-U-G-G.com. And at the time of recording this podcast, I'm also working uh, with the guys at Distriber. I, I should say guys and gals and wonderful people over there. Um, so if you want to get into video-on-demand marketplaces without giving up ownership of your film, uh, you could use my special link, uh, which happens to be distriber.com forward slash FS. That's short for filmmaking stuff. So distriber.com forward slash FS. I work with them on and off, so full disclosure, I'm completely biased, but I think, you know, and, and I hope you, you agree as you get to know me, but I'm trying to fight the good fight here, and uh, I just want to help you kind of avoid some of those pitfalls. So I hope this was helpful to you, um, and, and what I said earlier still holds true. If you'd like to get together for one-on-one -on -one coaching, you can find out more about that by going to filmmakingstuff.com forward slash coaching. Okay, well, this has been another filmmaking podcast. Once again, I'm Jason Brubaker talking to you from sunny Southern California. And um, I, I just ask that you take action and make your movie now.